<laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. If you build it, they will come. Joel, you seen that movie? You seen that movie, Joe? Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. At our 670 of the score studios, Jordan Malley. Shout out to Jordan Malley. Did Matt Peck get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. No. Talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got you going to make, and, make Matt, it happen. And Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your day. Are players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. And so all I was saying on this podcast, the Locked on Bulls podcast. Locked on Bulls, five days a week. Locked on Bulls starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. I know a lot of you out there probably have a lot to say with what's going on with the Bulls right now, so make sure you drop us a voicemail or a text message when you get to all of your mailbag questions on Wednesday's episode, 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. Matt, welcome back from the weekend, and uh, I think I have a new re-energized sense of worth here on this podcast, thanks to the Chicago Bulls and giving us some news as we left on Friday's episode, and now a lot of different things are starting to streamline in, but uh, hopefully you're staying safe, and how was your weekend? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Happy to talk to you, buddy. Uh, weekend was good. Pretty low-key. Same old routine up here. Uh, still in Michigan with the family, just laying low. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to actually have some real news related to this team that we do a podcast about five days a week uh, as the NBA is completely shut down. Uh, and it's funny because like this is like national headline news because so little is happening right now, and the Bulls are a big market team. And then, you know, Woj chimed in. Uh, as we were wrapping up our Friday show, and then there have been more developments. So um, I'm not thrilled with the particulars of these developments so far, but I got to say I'm not at all surprised because everybody's like, oh, Woj said on his Woj pod that the Bulls job is still a very highly sought after, great job that everybody loves. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, one guy declined. Okay, two guys declined. Oh, three guys declined. But yeah, please tell me more about how, how the Bulls retaining Paxson and Gar is not going to have an effect. On, on people's desire to take this job. <laughs> That's That was my thir- first thought is like, you see the amount of people that have decided to say, yeah, thanks, but uh, no thanks. I'm going to stay with my organization. We'll get into those names in a minute. Uh, but I think the most obvious point to start with is the list of candidates that came out. We saw those similarly to the ones that Casey Johnson had put out uh, probably about, I would say, what, two or three weeks ago in one of his mailbag episodes. And then sure enough, it resurfaced again on Friday, like you were talking about. Uh, we had touched on that a little bit at the end of Friday's episode. Uh, but the most surprising thing to me is... Uh, Sam Presti and Messiah Jury, who are probably the two biggest names out there right now in terms of trying to fill GM spots or filling what the Bulls are calling is their VP of basketball operations spot, which we know can kind of blend with the GM role. Uh, both of those guys had absolutely, absolutely no interest in coming to the Bulls. And what that tells me to kick things off, Matt, is the Bulls are still going to try to use this as an opportunity to bring in a team of people that will still listen 
to guys like John Paxson. We'll still listen to Reinsdorf's and we'll still ultimately try to have some type of influence from those guys. And I don't blame guys like Presti and Messiah Jury have a plenty on their resume to say, hey, I don't need anybody chirping in my ear every single second telling me what decisions I need to make and what decisions I can't make. Uh, so I'm not really all that surprised. And that just kind of sucks for the Bulls. It limits their talent pool. Well, and I think the other factor with Presti in particular, at least as far as it was reported, is that you know not only would he probably not have interest, but that from the Bulls' side, they, you know, based on the history and the track record of this organization and Jerry Reinsdorf and his ownership group, they do not shell out big paychecks to management. Uh, and the price tag that would come along with Presti, and not only Presti, but likely a lot of the people that he would want to bring with him, is a price tag that would be too high for what the Bulls traditionally have been willing to spend on management. So to me, like it was not at all surprising when Presti was essentially completely ruled out. And then if you're Masai Ujiri, yeah, the Bulls are a big market team and you could be like the Theo Epstein of the NBA and come save this once once proud franchise and, and bring it back to prominence and relevance as Theo did with the Cubs on the North side. But like, also like you're a legend in Toronto. You just got this team, their first title a year ago. Everybody loves you. If you're going to take a big job and you're going to go to a big market, I would think the only thing that could lure Mazai Ujiri away from Toronto right now would be either of the two bigs, you know, Knicks or Lakers. Lakers seem to have their management thing under control after the crazy Magic Johnson drama. And, you know, the, the Knicks just brought in Leon Rose, and I don't know that, you know, Ujiri would want to even touch that with a 10-foot pole anyway. So I was more expecting to get some of these lesser-known names than those big guns, but now even the lesser-known names that still have quality resumes, that was the one thing I was happy about, is that the names we were hearing were guys with solid resumes from winning programs, which was actually the Bulls reaching out and saying, okay, well, we suck at this. Who doesn't suck at this? Because all of the names that you're hearing are guys who had been hired or promoted recently from within these organizations that win and or interviewed for other very high-level, high-noted jobs, like the Brooklyn Nets job or the Philadelphia 76ers job. All of the names on this list are guys that have been in those conversations for the last four or five years. I will take all of that with a grain of salt as well, too, because we know that, I mean, look from a, a coaching standpoint, too, uh, just because you you get an interview with a team doesn't necessarily make you qualified for that position or the role. Think about Jim Boylan getting a, a interview with the Charlotte Hornets, what was it, two years ago? Uh, the Bulls allowed him to go go talk with the Hornets about a job there, and they quickly shot him down. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think you're 100% spot on with a lot of these names. Uh, I saw a lot of people circle jerking around Bobby Webster this weekend, which I was like, okay, the name came out like five minutes ago, and now 15 different bloggers, experts all are circling around Bobby Webster. But I'd like to get into some of these other names. And obviously, Bobby Webster seems like a guy that's going to be pretty much a a, a reach at this point. It seems like Toronto wants to I bring mean, him he, back. He appears to be the heir apparent to Masai Ujiri in Toronto. Like, and that, that was uh, what we heard today, earlier today, as far as why he was not going to even take an interview with the Bulls is the Raptors are declining to give the Bulls permission to interview Webster because not only is the league in a very weird, you know, uncharted territory kind of place right now with this COVID-19 thing, 
but also as a organization, they have a lot of very important big decisions looming on the not too distant horizon with like three of their five starters on expiring contracts. You know, uh, Kyle Lowry is, you know, entering the last year of his contract in 2021. And Masai Ujiri himself only has one more year on his current deal. So it's like, there's a lot of things that the Raptors are juggling right now. Um, in addition to what the league is juggling. So it makes perfect sense that they're like, oh, this wonder kid, 35, 36-year-old GM, who has done all these amazing things for us in our program, you know, we're, we're not going to let you just poach it from us in this very important, unknown time right now. He reminds me a lot of, uh, of Mike Zarin, too, the guy that we talked about a couple of years ago, who is kind of this heir apparent, supposedly, in the Boston Celtics system, grew up there, had season tickets with the Boston Celtics. Similarly to Bobby Webster, uh, I was reading a little bit more about him and says that he grew up in Chicago, grew up as a Bulls fan. Uh, so that would be kind of a close connection. Yeah, did you read that column from The Athletic? Yes, very, very, very good. It was amazing. Uh, Dan, what, uh, Dan Robson, right? Correct. Robson? Yeah, amazing. Even if the Bulls have now already been eliminated in the Bobby Webster, you know, sweepstakes, just go read that column because it's fascinating. So a couple other names, too, that we can hit on really fast. And as the week progresses, Matt, we can talk a little bit more in depth about all of these guys. We kind of wanted to use this podcast as catching everybody up that hasn't been following this all throughout Twitter uh, all weekend long. Kind of give you the idea of the pool of candidates uh, that the Bulls are going to continue to pursue this week, continue to interview. Uh, But we also wanted to eliminate the names right off the bat that had been mentioned but are no longer in consideration for this job. Another one that was spoke earlier about was Chad Buchanan from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Talked a lot about him, Matt, over the last couple of weeks, and we had mentioned uh, deals that were really successful that he had made. He was part of the Paul George trade, uh, acquiring Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis. He was a part of signing guys like Malcolm Brogdon this offseason, and really just a culmination of getting that Pacers team back to a competitive place uh, after losing that like mid-2000 teens era team. Guys like Danny Granger, Roy Hibbert, Paul George, that whole team trying to reconstruct this Pacers roster uh, but sure enough I mean Kevin Pritchard and him have a great relationship in Indy and it seems like uh, Chad Buchanan decide to pass on the opportunity of interviewing for this job for the Bulls yeah and you know we heard that that great relationship between Buchanan and Pritchard was a big reason why uh, Buchanan declined to even come in and do an interview with the Bulls or not you know come in physically because they're conducting them uh, via video conference right now uh, because of our situation, but okay, yes, fine. But wh- I mean, really, really, you're going to choose the Pacers and living in the state of Indiana, which no offense to any of our Bulls fans and locked on Bulls listeners who live in the state of Indiana, no offense. You're going to choose to live in bumblefuck Indiana instead of one of the greatest cities in the world that is Chicago, where you would come in and be welcomed with red carpet to come save an organization with one of the greatest fan bases in professional sports? Really? Because of your relationship with this one guy that's so good? To me, that's not the whole story. The other part of that story is Buchanan, like probably many other potential candidates, looking at the dumpster fire that is this organization right now and saying, uh, okay, so Gar and John are both going to be offered positions to stick around, and I'll be given full authority, quote-unquote, if I choose to believe that, but these guys are still going to just be around? Like, what, like who, who, who is, like, jumping at that opportunity? Because 
Woj saying the Bulls' job is still a very highly respected and sought-after job among executives in the league is not wrong. But the stipulation of, come work for us, but these people who have run this once-proud organization into the ground over the last 17 years are still going to be roaming the hallways. Who the fuck wants to take that job? Gar is absolutely safe, yes. I'm with you. I, like, and I think that's part of the reason why it makes me so angry when I see some of these national guys can s- still tell us and still tout it to every other NBA fan that doesn't doesn't religiously surround themselves with this Bulls team. It's like, do you not understand that they're still keeping these guys here that were a part of this whole mess for over a decade? You're just shuffling the the pieces on the chessboard. You're shuffling and reorganizing your cabinet. That's all you're doing here. Maybe adding a few other pieces. I don't blame guys like Chad Buchanan if he heard the ideas of, well, if the first thing that they're going to ask me to do is reconsider about Jim Boylan and canning his ass, that's going to eliminate your tailwind pool by probably 80%. There's probably very few guys that want to come in here and say, yeah, you know what? The first decision I'm going to make is decide... Yeah, let's double down and back Jim Boylan. One in which we can talk about in a minute is your star player, the one that you kicked off the rebuild with, wants to move out of here if things don't change. And a lot of that kicks back to your head coach. But don't worry. You want the guy that you bring in here to all of a sudden have an open mind about Jim Boylan and some other things. It just opens up a whole can of worms for a brand new guy that comes in here. And I don't blame anybody that says, fuck off. And what does that say to potential candidates who might come in and be, you know, intrigued by the idea of saving the Chicago Bulls, this amazingly, you know, rich history organization, but that you have to deal with things like the, you know, Jerry's technically still the chairman, you know, he's essentially just the queen of England for this organization, but his son, Michael, who is running things, you know, is like the biggest Jim Boylan fan in the world. And before this search began, we heard that Michael Reinsdorf is hoping that some of these new front office voices that they're going to bring in an interview will keep an open mind, quote-unquote, to retaining Jim Boylan. If that's what your boss, as an incoming potential new GM and or VP, thinks that your team should retain this coach after Jim Boylan and the Bulls became a laughingstock, and not only that, but Jim Boylan actually like pissed off several other coaches in the league with his bullshit Bush league antics. What message are you sending to say, please think hard about, you know, retaining this Jim Boylan guy. Cause we really love him, but don't worry. You still have full authority. What the hell kind of mixed message is that other than we don't know fuck about basketball. He honors the essence of the team. You know what pisses me off too? And I think it probably does for the guys that are interviewing for this job is my first question would be, well, what what kind of authority do I have then? If I'm the person interviewing for the job, what's the percentage of authority that I have? Can I go out and just fire somebody if I want to without having to talk to this this so-called, so-called circle of guys that all of a sudden they're going to have a room of guys making all of these decisions? Again, I already think there's too many cooks in the kitchen, but 
maybe a GM that comes in here with a fresh mind and a fresh take doesn't feel the same exact way. And that's who the Bulls, I think, are trying to target, whoever that is, is a guy that comes in here and says, you know what, maybe it is a good idea that we have multiple minds talking about this and discussing and making decisions. But if if you're just going to micromanage and force issues like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we want to keep this coach around because we think he's going to be he's going to do a good job. And by the way, uh, the guy that's going to kind of overshadow things and that's getting an upgrade in this position, uh, he really likes Jim Boylan because he's a red ass kind of like he is and uh, that old school mentality. I don't think that flies with a lot of GMs. It's like my first decision if I came in a GM is I should have total control of the roster. I should have total control of the coaching staff and any decisions I make should be on me whether they are good or bad, but I shouldn't have to feel like there's this constant shadow over me or these these voices constantly contradicting what I want to do from the get-go. And I think that eliminates the talent pool that the Bulls are trying to interview here. And you're already seeing, like, how many, like, what do we have? Two or three people now decline, say, you know what, well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll retain my position and stay where I'm at. And, and can you blame them? Yeah. Well, and so if you... Uh include um, Simon, the dude from the Heat, in that. It's three now. Um, you know, him declining, Webster declining, uh, Buchanan declining, and, you know, what? wait, and, there, and there's one more who also declined today that I'm forgetting. Uh, I think those are the three. Are, are those the three? I think you're okay. right. Yes, uh, Bulls have okay. permission now to talk to Jazz GM Justin Zanuck. Uh, they've also so actually. Did you see they just uh, gave uh, Woj tweeted about that? Like I don't know, twenty minutes ago, right before we hopped on, the Bulls conducted a video conference interview with him today. Interesting. Um, and there's no word on how it went, but that just it happened, um, and that they plan to, according to Woj, do a similar video conference interview with uh, the Denver Nuggets guy Arturus Carnisovas uh, uh, later this week. We might have to get David Locke's uh, view on Justin Sanek and see what uh, see what kind of talent and uh, what his record is like. And maybe we'll have to check in with him in later in the week. And maybe the guys from the Locked On Nuggets as well. Uh, but what do you think yeah. about both it, of those it, guys? The Zanuck thing is funny. Um, you know, I, I know you said that let's rule out or let's go over the guys that have been ruled out. And we touched on Simon for just a second. Like, is it a surprise that a guy who is like Pat Riley's Protege doesn't want to leave Miami where they have a winning program and a lot of <laughs> right. young talent. No, no shock there. Um, but with, with Zanuck, it's funny because like he appeared to be a guy who originally was, if not ruled out, certainly like a long shot according to reports because he has a background in being a player agent. And that's apparently something that the Bulls weren't keen on. Uh, but apparently the latest update we heard is like, well, yeah, we originally weren't really looking at guys who were coming from a player agent background, but, you know, Zanuck is a guy who has a varietal background and being an agent is one of them. And to me, it's also like, okay, well, we've already started to lose some of our candidate pool, so maybe we should broaden it a little bit. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You're totally right about that. Uh, he was also the finalist for the 76ers GM job before they gave it to Elton Brand, and then the Jazz decided to promote him from assistant GM to GM. Um, but you're right, totally about the... And that was the, just like last year, right? He got promoted last year. Correct. Uh, and you're totally yeah. right about the the connection to being a player agent and having all these connections. And just, too, uh, 
I think we don't talk about this much, but the Bulls really love their investment in international basketball, too. So I think that piques their interest uh, since he's got a lot of connections there as well. So that could kind of um, the way Casey Johnson put it in his column was could help them overcome a typical approach to agents. And, you know, the Bulls don't have the greatest relationships with all the agents across the board. Um, but well, except uh, for well, Mark Bartlestein, <laughs> yes. you know, priority sports. And did you see where Zanuck briefly worked? It, was it, it with Bartlestein? Was it priority sports? He worked with priority sports. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Of course he did. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll, let's talk about the other candidate really quick uh, in Denver. But before we do that, I want to remind our listeners about the sponsor we have today, and that is Blinkist. Uh, I talked to you guys about Blinkist a couple of week, weeks ago, and they are back sponsoring our episode. They're an amazing app, an amazing app. If you don't, right now you probably feel like you have a lot of time on your hands, whether it's uh, being quarantined at home, stuck with your kids at home, trying to help them homeschool, uh, working from home, but you feel bored. And the times that you've got open and free time and you don't feel like sitting down and reading a 200, 300, 400, 1,000 page book, Blinkist is helping to eliminate that problem. Uh, It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves that problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or you can listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, while you exercise, or if you're just sitting at home quarantined. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read. With Blinkist, you get a unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com com slash nba try it for free for seven days and save 25 percent off your new subscription that's blinkist.com b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t dot com slash n-b-a that's blinkist b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t dot com slash n-b-a to start your free seven day trial and you also save 25 percent but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash n-b-a All right, Matt, let's talk about the guy from Denver. Uh, You had brought him up briefly, and I'm probably going to fuck up his name. How how do you say his name? Karnasovas? Karnasovas, I believe. Arturis Karnasovas is how I have said it. Arturis Karnasovas. So he's the one who uh, fleeced the bulls out of Gary Harris and... uh, Gary Harris and Yusuf it wasn't Nurkic. yes use of Nurkic uh, for the Doug McDermott trade back in 2014 uh, but I really like what Denver has done I've talked about it multiple times I think that they have a a really keen eye for grabbing guys and being able to develop them I mean hell look at look at the 
look at the two gold mines I think that they've invested in in Bull Bull or Michael Porter Jr. over the last two years and those guys might turn out to be good picks and they were just scraps from the bottom I mean you got Michael Porter Jr. at the end of the lottery and they got Bull Bull at the end of the second round uh, so little moves like that on top of what they've built already in Denver I really really like what do you think about him? Well, yeah, and I mean, not to mention Nikola Jokic, who I think is an underappreciated, you know, fringe MVP candidate this year. Uh, and last year led the Nuggets to the two seed in a very competitive Western Conference. I think you have to give him a lot of credit for what Denver has built, especially through the draft. Like their big, you know, signing uh, in, you know, when he has come to, when Karnasov Sovis has come to power is like Paul Millsap on a three-year deal which like was a big deal signing for a small market team like Denver. Um, and, and the, you know, the rewards of that were, you know, so, so, but at the time landing him was a big deal. Um, and then I think beyond that, you just have to look at his pedigree as, as you were saying earlier, the bulls and, and their affinity for guys who um, are like international names in the world of basketball, the sport of basketball, like, this dude was on bronze medal winning Lithuania teams at the 92 and the 96 Olympics and uh, never quite, you know, made it to the NBA, but he had a very successful international playing career before uh, he, he hung them up and, and got into management. And I think one of the other things that he uh, has on his resume that the Bulls like, and it's another thing that they probably liked about Bobby Webster, the dude in Toronto, is that in addition to working for teams and working as an executive for an organization, the dude also has several years of experience working for the NBA offices in Manhattan. So, like, all of the things about, uh, you know, capology and how trades go down, how acquisitions go down, all of the nooks and crannies of that stuff that clearly the Bulls just suck at, yeah, they like to have guys like this, uh, and I'm glad that they're interviewing or hope to interview guys like this who have that in addition to their resume of, of scouting and, and talent scouting and, you know, being and, – and in some cases, like the dude in Utah, Zanuck, uh, being a player agent perhaps, but the one that I really like is they've worked for the league and they know how the league works, and I think that's important. It's a good point. Uh, two other names I want to bring up really quickly. And again, we'll, we'll, I promise you, we will circle back to all of these names and talk a little bit more about them in depth. Some of the moves that maybe the candidates that the Bulls are kind of circling around and as the list grows shorter and shorter and maybe gets down to two, three, four names, we can talk about some of the negative moves that they've made, some of the pot- positive moves that they've made. Uh, but the two other names that Casey Johnson has brought up emerging for this job includes Orlando Magic assistant GM Matt Lloyd and also LA Clippers assistant GM Trent Redden. I want to talk about Trent Redden really fast, Matt, because there's another connection and there's Trent Redden actually has a connect or uh, Matt Lloyd has another connection to the Bulls and we'll talk about that in a second, but Trent Redden has a connection to the Bulls. He worked for the Cavaliers for 11 years before he took the job in, uh, in LA, which means he worked with John Paxson's brother in Cleveland at the same time under David Griffin. Uh, he actually turned down a role with the Pelicans to stay in LA last year when the Pelicans had uh, open opportunities to come and work again for David Griffin. So that's a little bit interesting. But uh, there's your tie there. And also to anybody that works under Jerry West uh, for the L.A. Clippers automatically probably piques some of the interest for guys like Michael Reinsdorf, because we know how Michael Reinsdorf absolutely loves Jerry West. Look at Jerry West. The biggest, the biggest man crush on planet Earth. Look at Jerry West. One directional man crush of Michael Reinsdorf to Jerry West. 
But I think uh, Trent I, Redden would be a good. To me. Honestly, Trent Redden would be an interesting name too. You think about uh, think about all the teams he's already been with. He's been around championship winning teams. He, obviously, David Griffin is a great person to work under as well. Um, and just from the articles that I'm reading, and I like a lot of the moves the Clippers have done. Like agreed. you know, they built a really solid team. Not only landing Kawhi, which you kind of you know, even though he won a title with Toronto this past offseason. You had a leg up because SoCal, you know, and Kawhi's a SoCal guy. But everybody assumed that that meant that the Lakers might be, you know, the team. And that the Clippers are, you know, just like the little unloved stepbrother of L.A. And if Kawhi really wanted to, you know, quote-unquote, go home to play for an L.A. team, it would be the Lakers. And the fact that the Clippers managed to get him and orchestrate that trade for, for Paul George and build a pretty competent roster of complementary pieces around them, like – you have to give their front office a lot of credit for where the Clippers are right now. And it's unfortunate that it looks like we probably won't even get a resolution to this season because I know a lot of people were high on the Lakers, mostly because of LeBron's playoff experience and Anthony Davis, but Clippers were in position to potentially win a title. And all of the things that their front office did to put them in this position where they were, I mean, like credit everywhere. Matt Lloyd from the Orlando Magic makes a lot of sense too. You think about he was part of that group that came in after what whoever was previously under management for the Orlando Magic absolutely fucked that entire team up. After Dwight Howard left, they they made a ton of bad moves, a bunch of really really awful draft picks, uh, and kind of were floating in this idea of uh, below mediocrity. Like they were completely irrelevant. Came in there and we look last year, Orlando turned into one of the really big surprise teams and ended up making a playoff spot. And they had Nikola Vukovic who turned into an all-star. You had Jonathan Isaac, which a lot of people are really high on right now. They drafted Mo Bamba. Haven't heard much about him lately, but you still got Aaron Gordon and he was able to develop a lot of these pieces my point being in the theme overall with the magic job was he was doing more with less. He grabbed a lot of these guys that were still under contract and were able to make moves and make that magic team again competitive. You know what the saddest thing I'm realizing as we kind of talk through all of this, Matt, is the Bulls are going to have to, when they bring in their new guy, are going to have to operate like a, like a mid-market team at this point. Think about, it's sad to say, but the Bulls are going to have to operate that way until they can get some type of establishment across the league that, hey, we're not a bunch of clowns. This isn't a clown car. This isn't a dumpster fire. We're actually one of the top teams in the league and should have the power in that way. But right now, to me, the I'm, way that I'm we're sorry. talking... Go ahead. I mean, uh, well, in what way is that different than the status quo of where we've been? It's not. Tell me if I'm wrong, but the Bulls have been operating like a mid-market mom and pop <laughs> shop organization for forever. You're right. You're right. I just tried. I guess I just was convincing myself otherwise. You know, slightly. I, I always said it, but in the back of my mind is like maybe if there's a change here, it, it'll go back to how it used to be. But clearly, it's not. So um, also. I have a feeling that the most likely outcome is the Bulls settling for this Matt Lloyd dude from Orlando, which is probably the worst of all of the options that we've heard. At least all these other names are from organizations right now that are relevant in the NBA and appear to be good at building modern NBA rosters and scouting modern NBA talent and all the things that John Paxson and his wily crew of clowns fucking suck at. But I'm sorry. Like you're trying to make a facelift or a complete overhaul of your front office and you look to Orlando, Orlando, 
I know that, you know, inherited a, a bad situation. But have they made it better? Like you said, well, yeah, you know, they turned themselves into a playoff team. You know what? They eight seed in the East last year? What do you fucking do? Aaron Gordon appears to be like one of the most unliked and unwanted quote unquote stars in the league right now, compared to, uh, according to like all of the people that are Magic fans that I talk to. Most people think that Baba was a bad pick based on what we've seen from him so far in his brief NBA career. Vucevic was a nice find, but like that team is trash, man. I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Did that team sign Michael Carter Williams after his horrendous tenure as a Chicago Bull? Gang, gang. And you're telling me that we want to go, we we want to go bring in the front office people that made that fucking decision? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MCW forever, MCW. Um, real quick, and I, I promise you, we'll get into more of this. And I actually want to kind of list out uh, the track record of all these guys, but I just pulled this up really quickly and funny (laughs) this is from three years ago uh but it comes from jimmy the father butler on reddit and he listed out the draft picks under matt lloyd and he said uh here's matt lloyd's draft picks from the magic since hiring him back in 2012 uh let's see victor oladipo in 2013 decent pick he said arguably that there were better choices out there 2014 he drafted Aaron Gordon and he also drafted Alfred Payton they both had two top 10 picks there decent pick in Aaron Gordon not a great pick in Alfred Payton uh in 2015 they drafted most most known for a hairdo uh (laughs) next also Oladipo traded him and the team that he got traded to turned him into a star next yeah they fucked that up uh but still eye for talent I will give them that, just not implementation or being able to develop. Uh, but nonetheless, 2015, uh, Mario Herzonia, who was shitty and has been with, what, Awful. three teams now? And he's been shitty as hell. So, uh, yeah, never living up to the possibility. And then beyond that, 2016, 2017, 2018, I think Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, and I'm missing somebody in there in 2016. Uh, but regardless... Some hits there, but also some misses. Uh, Aaron Gordon was a great pick. Victor Oladipo, great pick. Uh, and I th- still think Jonathan Isaac is going to be very, very good. So you're not going to hit on everybody, but I'm with you. A lot of these other guys that they're talking about beyond Matt Lloyd have a lot more credibility to them. And I would feel a little bit more comfortable with those guys as opposed to Lloyd. But again, I have to go do a little bit more research on Matt Lloyd. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend I know more about him than I do. But I'm just saying based on the organizations that they're mining, Orlando would be at the bottom <laughs> of the list with like miles of separation between the next team. Oh God. Um, all right. I think that's going to about do it here. I want to make sure we have enough time to post this. Uh, Matt, you got to get to a live stream to, uh, if you're listening to this, go jump on the live stream and the rewind that NBC sports is doing tonight. Matt, what game is it tonight? Game four, sweep clincher of the Eastern Conference Finals against Orlando. Hell yeah. Speaking of Orlando, uh, so go watch that. <laughs> the, is ver- it- the very same magic, but this one, you know, was the one that had Shaq and Penny on it. Uh, who's on the live stream tonight with you? Uh, it's me, Kendall Gill, Casey Johnson, and Cap. Should awesome. be a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, so go watch that while you're listening to this as well. Uh, there's a story we didn't get to that kind of, uh, I felt like went underneath kind of floated underneath all of these other storylines with the gm and that was talking about marketing uh we'll bring that back maybe tomorrow if not tomorrow on wednesday 
uh, talk a little bit more about that because this is not new news. If you listen to Joe Cowley's interview, Matt, you and him did, Matt, about a month, I would say about give or take about a month ago. Uh, this isn't new news to us. And Joe Cowley wrote about Lowry marketing too a few weeks ago. And then all of a sudden now it's surfaced again. So we will get into that and we will replay uh, the clips from Cowley where he talked about marketing and his frustration uh, with the Bulls and maybe even specifically Jim Boylan. So we get into all of that. There's plenty to talk about uh, tomorrow. We have Will Perdue on for the first time. So very excited to talk to Will Perdue, not only about his playing career, but what he thinks about every, all the news that's going on with this Bulls team and uh, just his overall thoughts on the season as well. So should be a very, very exciting talk with Will Perdue. But that's going to about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Valley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line. You have some thoughts on any of these names we just listed, maybe some we didn't bring up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 331-979-1369. Drop your texts, your voicemails. You can call us 24-7 uh, if you're up at 3 in the morning and you're working or you're just bored and you want to give us a call, drop at 331-979-1369. For my partner, Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com 